Welcome to Bon Jovi Discussions. Today I have my friend Naomi, all the way from Edmonton. How you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on, Jerry. You're welcome. How's the weather over there? It's spring. Things are green finally. It's it's rough here. We get like you know seven months of winter, eight months of winter. So <laughs> so hey, I'm very happy with this. Ah, the weather here can't make up its mind. One day it's scorching hot in the 80s, 80 degree Fahrenheit. And then yeah. the next day, like today, it's in the 50s. And so. Yeah, so 50s anyway, would be a little chilly. What's that? 50s sounds a little chilly. Yeah, it's a little chilly for me. So, but uh, we'll start before we get into our topic for the day. Uh, let's talk about how you got in, got into Bon Jovi and becoming a fan. Well, it was uh, Keep the Faith came out. So I was a little bit late to the party for my age because <laughs> I was it was 1991 92 and I was just probably about 12 13 years old at that time so yeah I uh I keep the faith came out on much music which is was our music video station here in Canada and I'd, I'd heard of Bon Jovi because like there were people at school that listened to it but I tended to listen to a lot of pop super poppy music at the time um and then yeah I kind of gravitated towards what they were doing and that's when you go into the back catalog once you really start to like the album i'm like these guys are really growing on me so it's like there's still a wealth of music to listen to from them <laughs> from the yeah. 80s right yeah, so yeah. yeah and then it just kind of grew from there i went to my first bon jovi concert in 93 when they came here um they came back again in 95. i got to meet richie and tico that time i got backstage passes it was super cool and then they didn't come back here for years <laughs> so eventually I ended up going to them because they were playing in Vegas in 2006. Yeah. So I decided it was, it was to have a nice of a gap. That was that long of a gap. Oh my God. I thought they were there on the crush tour. Were they not? Not. Well, they didn't come to Can or they didn't come to Edmonton with the crush tour, but they uh, probably went to Toronto, Montreal, maybe Vancouver, the usual three, which is yeah. very far from where I live. Yeah, I don't know. My my Canada geographics aren't that good, so I don't know how far is what. I've, I've seen them far. in Toronto. Yeah. So, but You're anyway. much closer to Toronto than I am. I'm a four-hour flight. I am three three hours. And uh, for the last few tours, people have said, you you got to see the band in Toronto. you got to see the band in Toronto. I was like, to go to another country, which I, you know, and I finally saw them in Toronto last uh yeah this house is not for sale tour i'm gonna see them every every tour and it's only a three hour drive so i don't know why i didn't do it before three hour drive that's easy i know i drove <laughs> 15 hours to see them before so three yeah. hours is like a walk in the park yeah um, it's, it's more like a three or four day drive for us to get yeah. to toronto yeah well let's get into our big topic so we are going to talk about this bad boy right here the box got it Look at that, we match. So, so just a little bit of the background. You know, I've already done album discussions before. So people that are watching it and watch every episode, yeah, I've done album discussions. So we're not going to do track by track and disc by disc. We're just going to overview of it. Mm -hmm. I absolutely 100% love this box set. This box set, if you are a diehard Bon Jovi fan, you will absolutely 100% love this box set it's yes. five discs four discs of outtakes demos 
and then a DVD of, you know, John and the band talking about some of these songs and, you know, some clips of Access All Areas and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. uh, what, do you, what do you think of the box set? It was probably the most anticipated release that I ever felt for um, something that they were putting out because of the fact that there was going to be so much of hidden gems, unreleased tracks. Um, and the real mastermind behind making this all happen, I believe, was probably Obie O'Brien. Oh, yeah. Because he was the one who probably went into the vaults, polished everything up, and put it together. Yeah. Their main sound engineer. A lot of hard work into this. You know, I was, so this came out in November 2004. And my little funny story with this was I was, I became a fan in 2000. I was eight years old. And so between 2000 and 2003, I, I got their whole discography, the solo albums, the band's albums. And mm -hmm. so I was anticipating this release. You know, So at that time, I was 12 years old. So I wanted that my dad asked me what I wanted for Christmas. I said, there's nothing that I want except for this box set. Mm -hmm. And I had to get Crush on the first day. I had to get One Wild Night on the first day. Uh, bounce, this left feels right, and and so forth. So I said we got to get on the first. So we went to Kmart. I don't know if you've ever heard of Kmart. Yeah. Kmart yeah. Kmart's like Blockbuster. They don't exist anymore, but one. <laughs> and uh, I I got it, and I thought it was so. At, at this time too, I didn't know what it was going to look like either. You mm -hmm. know, this is social media days, and uh, you know I'm only a 12 year old kid, so what do I know? And uh, but I got it and I begged my my dad said I couldn't open it until Christmas, which was another month to wait. Ugh. So <laughs> I did what any other 12 year old would do, ask 50 times and look cute and do a chore. And I, I got to listen to the first disc. I absolutely loved it. And I couldn't wait until Christmas Day to open it back up. And that's all I listened to, you know, that whole entire winter. Mm -hmm. But um, Yeah. But, you know, there's so many hidden gems on here that you know fans like you and me sit back and think how did this song not make an album you know right? for, example, for example you listen to the radio save my life tonight or why aren't you dead and and so those are supposed to be the, on the keep the faith album and so you're thinking you know they could have taken off if i was your mother and Ooh. put one of these songs on there can't, you can't that's my favorite bon jovi song <laughs> I I like if I was I like it. It's an okay song, but I don't think it's. I think that was more of an experimental song more than anything. And how it made the album, I don't know. But it's it definitely completely different and heavier and whatnot. But I know yeah. that's a totally different topic. Yeah. But, but yeah, um, keep the faith was pretty perfect. I can't think of a song I'd really want to take off of it. But I, it could have been longer. Could have been longer. Exactly. Well, I think there was a rumor that Keep the Faith was almost a double album. And mm -hmm. so, like, a lot of these songs on here, like Why Aren't You Dead, Radio Saved My Life Tonight, Starting All Over Again, you know, a lot of, a lot of those Keep the Faith tracks on this were, was going to be on it. Yeah. Uh, but, hey, so we'll start off. What is your absolute favorite track on this box set? You know, I think, oh, that's so tough. I Radio is right up there. Radio would probably be my top three. Okay, give me um, your two. Richie Sambora doing If I Can't Have Your Love. 
Yeah, let's, let's sidetrack there for a second. So that was another thing that I loved about this box that it, it kind of gave a spotlight on the entire band. You know, you had Richie doing his solo song, If I Can't Have Your Love, which I think was for um, Stranger in This Town, wasn't it? Possibly. I yeah, I think it seems about that was the right time. Yeah, and then you had David doing Memphis, and then yeah. you had Tico singing Only in My Dreams. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of nice to have, you know, kind of see the band's different talents because David's obviously a phenomenal singer and, you know, with his musical and then Richie with, you know, his own songwriting, his own solo work. And then you don't usually hear Tico sing. So, but there's, there's a reason why he does the drums. <laughs> <laughs> He's got but some depth. Yeah. So what's your third one? My third one, I've actually decided is the my absolute favorite, and it's River Runs Dry. Oh, okay. I don't hear that too often from other fans. That's okay. I yeah. love that, that that guitar intro to it. The, the, mm -hmm. the chorus is really good, too. I really like the uh, John's vocals on that, on the chorus. The chorus is one of the strongest choruses I've ever heard that they've done. It's one of those songs that just shocks me that it could have been left off of anything. It, it just, it's shocking to me that this band has so much music that their b-sides and things that don't make it on albums are better than a lot of people's big stuff <laughs> you yeah know? exactly you know and the thing is too for people that are watching this and don't know bon jovi like you and i do this was this was to celebrate the band's 20 years so this only has you know from 1984 to 2004 on here all the out not all the outtakes either just some so we still we st we have another 20 years that they can release so you know it's no secret because john has said it quite a few times now and so has other band members that they're planning on doing another box set next year oh. so so hopefully you know it'll be you know double the size of this and you know because you're covering 40 years so you know i i'd really want more outtakes i i really want more demos too like the saturday night demo on here and the always demo you know, it, 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 uh, it's, for fans like us, it, it's kind of, you know, we, we've heard the original so many times and we still love them, obviously, but it's really nice to see our favorite band do a demo of it and then kind of hearing that demo and then just seeing it, how it grew into what it, the final version is. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I think one thing that was very interesting for me hearing the Always demo is just the fact that the song modulates. It literally goes up a key and i've heard that key change coming and the first thing i thought was no way there's no way he could hit it and he he hit it yeah <laughs> and i'm just sitting there mind blown listening to this but then at the same time i'm like i can see why they took the modulation out because you always want to be able to reproduce live right and yeah that that would be hard for any singer to recreate live on a constant basis but yeah. I just, I love listening to that demo and sharing it with friends who've never heard it just to show what he was capable of doing. Yeah. And, you know, and I also loved um, Richie and David singing background vocals on that song, too. Mm -hmm. I don't know if yes. it's true. I don't know if it's true, and I, I can't hear it, but there's rumors that Tico, and maybe it's not on this demo, but there's rumors that Tico sang background vocals for Always, too, when they were doing the demos. Well, I, I can't hear it on the box set version, so maybe there's another demo, but I've heard that rumor from different sources, so I would love to hear that if that's the if that's the case. But um, 
I'd and like then, to hear his isolated vocal. Maybe he was very buried in the mix or something like that. Yeah, could be. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Saturday night demo was really good too. You know, like in the beginning, you know, when John goes, I'm going drinking and you know, <laughs> it has, it has that different intro to it. You know, when I first heard that song, you know, I, you know, I had on my little CD player Walkman and I think it's on the first disc. I'm like, yep. So I was listening to the first three songs and then all of a sudden you hear, I'm going drinking. And I thought it was somebody saying that to me in the, in the <laughs> you know, I was like, so I thought that was kind of cheesy when I was a kid, but as you grew up and you started to learn what the song was about, that little phrase actually fit into it. But when I was a kid, I was like, why is he telling us he's going drinking? <laughs> Something no, stupid. Yeah. No, uh, it's yeah. probably it's probably a long day at the recording studio and they're probably getting ready to wrap things up and he yeah. says something silly and but you know, it, it goes back to the perfect example of seeing what a demo is and what it grows into as the final version because the, the lyrics are kind of different in the Saturday Night demo, which is kind of yes. cool. Actually, there's some lyrics that I would have taken from that demo and put it in the, in the final mm-hmm. version. You know, especially like, like um, trying to think of how, like the chorus, you know, the way that the chorus goes. Um, yeah. As long so, as I can breathe, as long as I can fight, or something yeah, like that. That's, instead of I'm singing it in my head. I'm, and I keep taking each day, night at a time, was what it turned into. Yeah. Yeah. I was trying to sing in my head, but then I go back to the, the final version. Yeah. Uh, let's, let's, let's start let's go disc by disc here and just talk about some of our favorites. Okay. I, I'll let you go first. Um, yeah. So obviously, I'm very big fan of the radio Save My Life Tonight. Uh, the pace of the song is exciting. It's a catchy chorus. Yeah. You know, catchy that is everything. <laughs> out of all of their deep tracks in the Die Hard fandom, mm-hmm. Edge of a Broken Heart, which I know is on another disc, Love that it. and Radio is probably the biggest fan favorites that are outtakes, those two. Mm. And it made so many people happy, including me, to see uh, Radio Save My Life Tonight live. And for it to, <sighs> and for it to stick every single night as the second song of every every night it got played yeah you know i I mean even the first night when i was doing twitter updates and uh it it started circulating that uh, radio got played i'm like and so i was like praying that it was going to happen at my shows and it did i mean every single night so it was nice to see that it could have been a result of diehard fan reaction and john paying attention to that it could have been a result of them digging up this song for this album and then saying why did we give up on this one and then they enjoy playing it so it's probably a combination of those things but um, it's a song that should never have been left in the dust and i'm glad it came on here and and i truly i i think john has said about edge of a broken heart many times but for that one and radio save my life i think those are john's two biggest regrets that he Mm. knew he should have put on the album because same theory as living our prayer. He almost didn't put living our prayer on. That became a massive hit. I think John, could have. John admits he'll be the first to admit that some choices he's made could have been the wrong choices, like like shelving always and what you yeah. had just explained. Like sometimes he made outside sources to tell him which song he needs to keep or put out as the single. Or put in "If I Was Your Mother" on "Keep the Faith." Yeah, I'm so <laughs> glad he did that. <laughs> But um, I'll name some of my favorites on the first disc. Why Aren't You you Dead was actually my absolute favorite one when I was a kid. 
And I just love that, you know, that it's kind of like you give love a bad name, the tongue in cheek thing. Mm -hmm. uh, Radio saved my life. Uh, Miss Fourth of July had to grow on me over the years. When I was a kid, I didn't really care for it. But now yeah. I really enjoy it for John and Richie's harmonies together. I think that yeah. one's a great one. Yes. Open yeah. all night. We, we know that John used that title. I think he said there's like five songs out there that he's written with those titles. And I think we have three yep. of those songs. We have three, three open all nights. Yeah. And I Get a Rush is a really fun one. That one I wish they okay. live. I Get a Rush. It's, it's, it's just that fun. I like it. I like it. I can't get it. <laughs> um, so one big thing I wanted to talk about was Last Man Standing. Mm. So this obviously was recorded. So this is one of the new tracks that was recorded. Well, Thief of Hearts was going on this left feels right. Then they took it off. But Last Man Stand was actually written for Have a Nice Day. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's obviously a different version than it is on the Have a Nice Day version. I actually love the box set version more than I love the one on Have a Nice Day. I agree with that. Yeah. I do. Yeah. I'm more of a ballad, intimate, slow song type of guy. I mean, I love the fast stuff, but mm -hmm. I don't know, because before this box that came out, This Life Feels Right DVD came out, and they had performed this on that DVD. And so this was a, a few months before the box that was even announced or released. And I was like, oh my gosh, I love this. And there was no YouTube at the time either. And so every time I wanted to listen to that Last Man Stand, and I had to go to the DVD, I was like, they got to release this. And then I remember in an interview, John was talking about, and this was an interview between This Life Feels Right and the box set. And John was saying that they wrote the Thief of Hearts for the This Life Feels Right and didn't make the album, so went on was going on the box set. And mm. then the writing songs for Have a Nice Day and Last Man Stand was one of the first songs written. So And then so when Have a Nice Day album came out, Actually, we, we got to hear Last Man Standing on the website like yeah. the day before the album came out. I don't know if you remember that. Vaguely, yeah. Yeah. Vaguely. And so I went to go push play on, like, as I thought Last Man Standing was this version. And I go to push play and it's like a complete, I'm like, what is this? Yeah. I'm like, and I thought maybe I hit spam or something. And I uh, know it was, it was the Have a Nice Day version. Both great this, versions, but. This version on the box set has a little bit of like a Bob Seger feel to it. Yeah. It feels yeah. a little bit like turn the page just a tiny bit. You know, yeah. yeah, you're right. It does. You know, I, I think it was just like the storytelling uh, of, of the song, you know. Mm -hmm. It has that, you know, and the way that David plays the keys to it, it just has that really, you know, pulls you in kind of feel. Um, yeah. So, anything else you want to say on the first disc? No, I think we pretty much covered that. Because, um, like, there's a few songs that don't really grab me, but it, but that's okay because there's just so much yeah. other good stuff that well, it was just I, nice to get a feel for everything that they had been working on. I should shine a light on people parts. Um, like I said, they're they actually going to put that on This Life Feels Right. That was a new one of the new songs. And then John decided not to because he wanted just to be the greatest hits on there. And mm -hmm. um, Thief of Hearts, I think, is a really beautiful song. You know, I think that the verses itself is what pulls me into the song. Mm. The verse I find better than the chorus. The chorus doesn't do much for me, but I can see the verses being the strong suit. 
Yeah. Um, all right, next next disc. Um, what's your favorite on disc two? Okay, this is the one. This is a tough one. You know what song's really cool um, and surprising? It sounds it sounds like it would have been out pre slippery even possibly it was Outlaws of Love. That was yeah. That was that was a slippery outtake. That song is fantastic. Yeah. I really enjoyed that one. Um, I don't know if it could have replaced anything on Slippery if I would have yeah. exchanged yeah. anything. Because yeah. that's kind of like you don't touch that album. <laughs> but, yeah. There's, um, a, there's yeah. a lot of songs on this box set that should have been on the album, but I would say Outlaws of Love was definitely meant to be an outtake. It's a good song, but I can see why it was an outtake. Last uh, Chance Train is really interesting. Oh, I, I love the chorus to that one. There's like a Beatles-esque feel to it, but there's another thing about that that if you listen to the vocals on it, they kind of feel like they've been sped up a little bit. It feels like just a slight oh, yeah. slight touch higher than what John would normally sing and not in a natural way. It feels like there's something just changed a tiny bit. You know, you're right. I never noticed that, but now, now that I think of like the chorus, I'm singing the chorus in my head, you're right, it does. Um, my favorite on the box uh, on this disc, disc two, the one now this one had to actually grow on me in the last year. It's really grown on me. If you would have asked me twenty one for the last twenty one years, I would have said the one that got away was mm. probably my favorites. Now it's in my top ten favorites on this box set. I absolutely, I don't know. Last summer I just I had it on. I was painting downstairs. I, I do. I, I like to paint sometimes. And I had the box set on shuffle, and this one came on. I was like, I know the song, but I don't listen to it very often. And uh, just the the maybe just because of the mood I was in today, I just I instantly connected with it. And just the way that John sings, that you know, you could be the one that you know. And mm -hmm. I probably listened to that song fifty times that day. And so I absolutely love the song now. And uh, I'm trying to remember what album that was. I think it was for Crush. Or no, 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 no. It was mm. the 90s. 90s. Uh, it, was, it wouldn't I, have been these days, would it? You know, I think it was. These it was days definitely... had a lot of demos oh, that had already come out on an extended version of these days. So I wasn't sure if that was the same era or not. The one got away. Yeah, it was because that got written around the same time that um, Lonely at the Top, mm. got, which was, you know, was written for uh, Kurt Cobain's daughter. Which is on here. Yep, we'll get to that. And, <laughs> uh, yeah, so yeah, so that's right, yeah, because it was written around the same time. Because uh, I think John was, he was on a beach somewhere and he wrote Lonely at the Top, um, the one that got away, and I think Prostitute. Mm -hmm. I think those three songs came out of the yep. same. Fields of Fire. Fields of Fire, that's a good one. Around that time too. Um, yeah, I have I have like a Japanese version of these days where it has like um it's it's like a cardboard version, but it has like a magnetic flip opening top. Oh yeah, the blue cover. Yeah, that's the, yeah, the blue cover. I love it. Yeah, yeah, they're really good. Um, because the first disc is the album, and then it also includes Bitter Wine and All I Want Is Everything, yeah. which we yeah. don't have this version. And then the second disc is I think like six. Uh, there's there's some outtakes and then there's some live covers. Yeah. 
I think they did like Mrs. Robinson's on there, and I think David did a cover of a Rolling Stones song, Tumbling Dice, I think is yeah. on there. Yeah, Heaven Help Us All is on there. Yeah. Um, there is actually, I think it's a single, the single This Ain't a Love Song. And I don't, I think it was an import, possibly European or Japanese, that I have. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And the CD single has um, Prostitute Lonely at the Top. The end when, when she, she comes. comes. The end. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of a lot of and there's actually quite a few of these days outtakes on here too, but um, another you know, so this was the Crossroads era, which is before these. But good guys don't always wear white. From the Cowboy Way soundtrack. Yeah. So you know, looking back as as their career, it was we were lucky to get it, but it was kind of. Interesting. It kind of probably similar to you know real life. It was written for a movie. There was a music video produced. There was some promo for it, an actual single. They even re they even performed "Good Guys Don't Always Wear White." What was the MTV, MTV Awards? MTV Music Awards. Yeah. So I think that was kind of cool. You know, the thing I like about that is like the band, the yeah, you know, the yeah, 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 you know, the band mm -hmm. in the background. Yeah, it's a fun song. It's very fast paced. Yeah. It's like it drives uh, hard that song. We Roll the Night, that was a, I think it was a debut outtake. You, you can definitely tell because John's vocals are very young. And that, yeah. you know, you can yeah. definitely tell. Um, very much let, so. Let, I got to back up here because we're skipping out some good gems here. <laughs> uh, starting all over again, that one, like I said earlier, should have definitely been a um, on Keep the Faith. You know, yeah. because that song was all about them starting all over again new man you know their them as their own management new new decade new album you know yeah. i'd love to ask john why that one was left off i don't know what kind of answer he'd have but you'd think well, it was it, written for that very reason it was on the japanese edition hmm. so they they got it but uh no one else did hmm. maybe someday that's a really sad song yeah uh yeah. It's pretty. It's pretty. Yeah. It's uh, it's an average one for me, but it's it's not bad. For me, it's one of those songs that uh, pull on your heartstrings, and you know, then your heart gushes, and it's mm -hmm. it's one of those songs that puts you in a mood. Um, one of the really fun ones, kind of like I get a rush on the last disc, rich man living in a poor man's house. You know, mm -hmm. as a kid, I I didn't understand what the hell that meant. You know, because yeah. as a kid, you think rich and poor as financial, financial right. wise. But as you get older, you realize that what this song is about is that he's obviously a poor man, you know, in a poor man's house. But he's a rich man because of the love he has. He has the family he comes home to every night, and that's what he has a job and, you know. So he's rich in love, not money. Yeah. Rich, rich. He, you know, he's lucky as far as rich goes. As you know, mm -hmm. people he has in his life. So I, I kind of like that metaphor. It's kind of a fun hook title, and um, mm -hmm. let's go to the next disc, disc, disc three. Mm -hmm. What is your favorite on this one? Um, I would still go with a, I can't have your love, which is just pretty much Richie on piano and vocals. There's not even guitar in that song. For yeah. Sambora solo, which is interesting, but the way he sings it, you know, it was really funny. I was just driving downtown one day, go on my way to work, 
sitting at a four way like at the red light. There's a big burly looking guy on a motorbike neck pulled up next to me and he's got his music playing loud enough that everyone around can hear and he's playing if I can't have your love. Really? And I was in shock. I was just like driven by the guy. I'm like, yeah, buddy. <laughs> and that's the you know, that's like the cool thing, too, is because like. I would say you had to be a pretty big diehard, or at least a huge fan to really know any of these songs. For that guy to play, exactly. if I can't have your love, you know, you'd be like, you're a hardcore fan, aren't you? You know, no, usually first the of all, I, fan, want, I wish we weren't at our light because I would love to talk to you <laughs> yeah. and sit down and have a chat. And secondly, like, you look like a big badass dude and you're listening to this little emotional ballad. You're just killing me. I love it. Yeah. All, all guys are teddy bears at heart, trust me. At least yeah. I <laughs> my absolute favorite on this disc and out of the whole box set my absolute favorite is real life i love yeah. it, it was it was you know kind of like good guys don't always wear white it was um a track for um crush and i think it was it was actually in the um before the crush the before the crush sessions started well no they were in the middle of the crush sessions because in the music video if you look so before it was going to be called crush it was going to be called something stupid and then it, before that it was going to be called sex, sex cells. cells so in the real life music video you see um you know like a promo poster on the street you know sex cells out whatever 1999 which we know then it became crushed released in june 2000 yeah. but that this real life is my absolute favorite on this box set in general um the demo there's a demo version of this too i don't know if you've i'm sure you've heard of the demo and uh have you heard of the demo no i don't think i have oh my gosh i bet so i can find it though right there's a demo uh there's a couple singles and so there's a demo version but the lyrics are a little bit different. Oh, cool. and, and then there's an instrumental where you don't have any of the the uh, the lyrics. It's just instrumental. And you kind of hear parts of the song that you would never heard otherwise. I already and, found it on YouTube. There it is. <laughs> don't play it because then it would get flagged on YouTube. So don't play it. No. YouTube, I tell you, YouTube, they, they catch things like that. Boom, exactly. But uh and the music i love the you know the real life music video too david wasn't in the video because uh, he had like a sawing accident i think yeah i don't so, remember exactly what happened to him yeah well, so, so they had a music video and like a couple of days before he was doing a home project and he got cut by a saw oh and so he had to stay home for a few days so in the music video you see hugh tico john and richie and at one point you see the band carrie and david on a like as a cardboard layout you know yeah <laughs> to kind yeah. Of, yeah um yeah i believe that this was on the soundtrack for ed tv which was yep. a movie that uh i can't remember who's all in it mcconaughey makes sense so this was one of john's friends hey <laughs> yeah same, same thing with the cowboy way yeah because they were just beginning you know this well at the time sex sells demos Mm -hmm. And uh, they had asked John to write something for the movie. So John got the script. And at this time, too, John was really big in the movies at the time, too, doing a lot of different movies. Mm -hmm. But uh, so he wrote Real Life, Ben recorded it, and then it is what it was. Um, 
So, but let's back up on this just because there's a lot of gems on this. So, Edge of a Broken Heart, we all know that was that's definitely a die-hard fan favorite. Yeah. I truly think this, you know, it, it was technically released because it was on the Disorderly's soundtrack and, and the Ooh. movies. And it was on radio in different markets. If I, if I remember correctly, I, I think it was released before Bad Name. If I... I gotta remember because it was it was know. released it was released early stages of Slippery's release before they really broke big because they were still opening up at the time Slippery was just coming out. Mm-hmm. But I truly think if they would have just held on to that song, put it on the album, released it as a maybe a single, I think that song could have really blown up. Huge. Yeah. Missed opportunity, you know. I think that I think that was the perfect example of what happens if you don't put "Living on Prayer" on an album. You know, I mm-hmm. think Edge was definitely a missed opportunity, and I, John has even acknowledged that many times in interviews, or, or even even in a recent one, he talked about how "Edge of a Broken Heart" was a missed opportunity. Mm-hmm. So he's well aware of the song, but you know, thankfully we got it on the box set. Um, Sympathy yeah. was for Keep the Faith, I think. I was part of the Keep the Faith session. That's a that's a fantastic track, Sympathy. Yeah. I yeah. don't want your sympathy. And then we you know talked about Only in My Dreams. Uh Shut Up and Kiss Me. I could never really get into it. It's an okay song, but I couldn't I wasn't into it. it. Yeah. Nope. I didn't have a feel for it. Um Crazy. Not to, oh. not to skip ahead too much, but sadly probably my number four that was for bounce i believe yeah most likely probably had a lot to do with all the imagery in bounce and and the photo shoots i always you know the bounce cover itself you know just kind of reminds me of the hook me up thing and you know so but yeah um crazy love that that one's a fun type love song here it comes again and i don't like that part Um, I, I don't know. I thought it was I thought it was lazy lyrically with that, with that chorus, but oh, absolutely. Cool. I I always thought the same. Every time I listen to that song, I think of like like John was very superficial when he wrote this song, you know. But it's it's fun. I think it's just like one of those fun songs just to get kind of like the wheels in motion, get the grease, get the brain flowing. Yeah, like, it could have been just part of the writing process to get it out of the system. Yeah. You're right, and then the, there's a good reason why it didn't make the album. Yeah. We talked about Lonely at the Top. Ordinary People, I, I'm iffy on that one. I like the chorus, but the verses really lack. It's a, it's a decent song, you know. That's that's one of the great things about this box is, you know, you, you hear some gems and you hear some songs that, like I said before, you realize why it was an outtake. And it's one of those things, too, where it points out the caliber of this band. Like I said, yeah. like the stuff that they can do compared to that, there's a reason why I didn't make it. Whereas someone else could have recorded that song and it would be good for them. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and we'll get to the DVD too here in a second. But uh, mm-hmm. that's one of the great things about the DVD was that, you know, John kind of talked about why this certain song didn't make it and why he wished he would put this song in this album and, and so forth. Yeah. We talked about Lonely at the Top, Ordinary People, Flesh and Bone. That, nah. Yeah. One of those songs. <laughs> that you like uh, we talked about if i can't have your love and so yeah we're pretty much good on this disc mm-hmm. um anything you want to say on that one just three uh no too much of a good thing isn't too bad it's okay yeah um, it's fun. 
and I think I think it's always important to reiterate um, and most of the people watching this are big Bon Jovi fans, but Richie Sambora is a fantastic vocalist and no one can dispute that. And that song just it's unreal. <laughs> His vocals are unreal. So yeah, you know, yeah. perfect examples, you know, Thief of Hearts, the way him and John harmonize, that's what makes the song so good is the way that they harmonize. Right, just for um, what's your absolute favorite? River runs dry. River. 100%. Oh, that's right. I should have guessed that one. I, I'd have to say, gotta have a reason. Oh, that's that a one, fantastic song. That too. one's grown on me over the last couple of years too. Um, now, like one thing. What's that? I like Billy as well. Sorry, I didn't mean to jump ahead of what you were saying. No, every <laughs> time I hear Billy, I think of my father-in-law, Billy, because his name is Billy. So that's <laughs> like, so like the entire song, the lyrics, everything. I, I think of Billy. You're thinking so, of Billy. <laughs> but um, you know, but the first two tracks, "Loving Nothing But a Four Letter Word." So, like I said, it was Saturday Night, and always it was nice to hear how a demo sounds versus the final product. So, Ooh. what was interesting here, they put the demo and the song back to back so you kind of get to see best of both worlds mm-hmm. you know just a fun uh th that song was about spousal abuse and uh you wonder what inspired john to write that one but uh fun song river runs dry that's your favorite always mm -hmm. about that one. probably is it river runs dry about going to jail I don't know what it's a. I think I think it is because it's like he starts saying, I'm "Gonna have to go away," kind of have to like atone for his mistakes. Um, See, I, I feel was, like I feel like that's what it is that he had to possibly go to jail. Yeah, there's. Uh, I think it's in the. Correct me if I'm wrong, folks. You. you know, I'm actually <laughs> curious too, because I always thought that meant about going on tour again. It could and, be. It could be metaphoric that way too, right? Yeah, yeah, you know, different different ways. Um, I was thinking this this so the next track, "Kidnap an Angel." Mm -hmm. I was actually listening to this song this morning. And I thought to myself this morning, I said, "You know what? This is probably got to be the most heart wrenching, heart gushing song that John has probably ever written." And you know that bridge, you know, talking about you know. Um, getting to the hospital, hospital bed, and, you know, it's obviously about losing someone that you love and wishing that they were still here with you, you know, like that first yeah. verse, you know, about drinking coffee alone, the house is too quiet, I'm the only one here, or whatever, you know, the spring Ooh. flowers, and, you know, like just from beginning to end, that song just makes your heart break, you know, yeah. and then the bridge is what really, I mean, if you're not crying or feeling that song you definitely are by the time the bridge comes on you know just mm -hmm. the way that he maps out that image of going to the hospital and blah 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 you know the way that he sings it too you know especially the part you know sit by your hospital bed you know then goes into the chorus yeah that, that, that song breaks my heart oh you know? so I, yeah. I think it's truly one of the most beautiful songs that they've ever written and wrote and or written and recorded um, the, that lyric about like clipping the wings and that would fix everything it's just like oh my goodness wow <laughs> I know. i'd really like to know what inspired john to write that one if someone was going through loss or mm. what have you but um 
Next one is uh, Breathe. And this was a bounce outtake. Um, obviously, yeah. it got released on the Target edition of. Uh, it was a Target promo CD and it had like no regrets, lucky, stand in, or Breathe. They must have really liked Breathe to put it on here because of all those outtakes for Bounce, there were, in my opinion, better ones. Like it, the ones you just listed. And that's the thing, too, overall, the box set. There was a few, but I thought it, it lacked a lot of bounce and um, crush outtakes, you know? Oh. Maybe because they were so fresh at the time, he kind of wanted to delve, because there's a lot of keep the faith in these days outtakes on here. Not yeah. very many 80s outtakes. I don't think there's not even a New Jersey outtake on here. We, we have outtakes from the debut, Slippery, Keep the Faith, These Days, Crush, and Bounce. It would have been nice to have Love is War on here. I believe oh, that's yeah. a New Jersey outtake, yeah. which is fantastic. Yeah, there's a lot of great New Jersey outtakes. And thankfully, we you know, we got that 2014 box set where it had, you know, a lot of those outtakes. Oh, I love that thing. Yeah, breathe, <laughs> is a, breathe is a beautiful song. Out of out of bounds. I think that was a slippery outtake. Yeah, yeah. You know, it sounds about that era. I liked it. Out of bounds, you can cross. Down, down. Oh, you know what's I, cool? They use that line down, 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 down. But then they use that later in Mystery Train. Is no, it Mystery two story Train? Town. Two, two story. story town. I'm going so, down, down, down in a two story yeah. town. Yeah. So, you took the word right out of my mouth because I was just about to say. So every time I listen to Out of Bounds, they go down, down, down. I always, I always, instead of saying Out of Bounds, I say Two Story Town. <laughs> yeah. First thing in Two Story Town, and next thing I know, I'm putting Two Story Town on. Sorry, I said Mystery Train. I was got a little confused, no, no. but it's same insane. idea. But yeah, like I was just like, I think they reused that on purpose. They did. Uh, Letter to a friend is just one of those. Yeah. Songs I okay. <laughs> yeah. So now the next one, Temptation. There's four Bon Jovi songs I don't like. There's only four I can say I do not like. I hate Temptation. What's that? I hate Temptation. Are you serious? Yes. You and me were the only two people in the I Hate Temptation club. Every other fan that I've ever talked with loves Temptation. And so I'm always an outcast when I say I hate Temptation. You're I the hate it. Person. So we we officially Solidarity. Have, we have a, an official I hate Temptation fan club here. <laughs> you, you and I are, are the that, members. That one and Hush. I think the thing is those two songs remind me of The Doors, which is a band I can't stand. I don't like The Doors either. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to be negative at all, but oh, like, that's okay. The, anyways, you can't love absolutely everything. There's always going to be something that you might not not might not appeal to you. This song doesn't appeal to me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, I, I never got the I. I think a lot of women like it. Our, our guys too. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, just the way that John is kind of seductively sound yeah. sounded. You know, so I think that's why a lot of fans like it. It's got that let's make it baby thing going on. <laughs> that's my second song I don't like. So that's probably why I don't like either one. Let's make it baby and temptation. Those are the two I don't like. And that's Fair. probably why they're probably similar. Fair uh, enough. Uh, so next one, Gotta Have a Reason, which is my absolute favorite on Love it. this disc. All I Want to Do is You, that's a fun one. You know. I don't really, really remember it. Of all the songs on this album, I don't really remember it. Um, yeah, um, there's Billy, which you talked about, and then Nobody's Hero. Nobody's Hero was fantastic. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. yeah. So, so as a surprise, you know, this is before iTunes and YouTube and social media. I remember going through all that, and then I remember the last track was Nobody's Hero. And then you're waiting for the disc to end, and all of a sudden it fades out, but then it fades back in, and they have the Living Room Prayer demo on here. Yeah. And it's not listed on the um, tracking on here either. On uh, on iTunes it says it, but not on the box. So, like, you wonder, was that a mistake, or was that just, like, a little surprise for us, you know? But it it was cool to What's that? I, I guarantee that had to have been a surprise. It was great. Yeah. Great surprise. Because I'm sure, pretty sure they were thorough with everything. And so it was kind of nice to be like, wow. And, and I love the the prayer demo, especially with like, you, you talk about Richie's vocals and mm. just how happy and um, just, Richie really, really made the demo shine, I think. You know, mm. you didn't have the talk box yet on it and the bass was a little rough on it. And, uh, but I, I love the demo, you know. It's probably the roughest demo, one of the roughest demos I've heard from yeah. Bon Jovi. Uh, and I love how they had no qualms about including it on this, just so we could hear it at the bare roots of the song. I thought it was cool. I, you know, their biggest hit, and they give us a demo of it. So let's talk about the DVD. Dude, there's not much to say. You know, back before technology day, you know, internet and stuff, you know, it was cool at the time, but, you know, we got photos to look at on there uh they showed a lot of footage from access all Airs, which was a 1990 uh documentary of the new jersey tour that's probably and, my favorite band documentary i've ever seen oh, um, me too that and when we were beautiful I, I really want another one another you know what i hope when they do their final tour i really hope they document it and do another documentary where they talk about the last yeah they should. 40, 45, 50 years. They should. Yeah. But um, so that was nice to get some clips from that. So, you know, but the funny thing is, though, too, when they say never before seen footage, fans like you and me have seen that footage, <laughs> you know. No you know, surprises they, here. Yeah. No, jo not Joe Schmo down the street. He probably never saw it. So all that. So yeah. I remember watching. I was like, I've seen this. Like, where's the never before seen footage? I've seen all this. <laughs> but. Yeah, but I really liked, you know, the bands um, um, talking about some of these songs and stuff, kind of giving you more of an insight on some of these songs. Um, mm -hmm. And one of my favorite parts, too, is like when they joke around the Obi, you're fired segment. Yes. You know, they're in the studio and uh, they do that. Um, so another great thing about the box set, too, was the book booklet that we got. Uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of cool uh, photos, you know, they show some photos from back in the day then they got they a lot of good stories of each song in there too or at least the majority of the songs yeah. some of them yeah and uh you know like uh yeah, i really like this uh these days photo right yes you know, i love that the schedule yeah. board yeah um but i yeah. think one of the things i remember but when the in the anticipation knowing that this was coming out is that bon jovi was asking fans to write in and share their memories of the band and share a blurb of how they're feeling, your feelings for the, for the music and the band. So yeah. I was just trying so hard to get in it. <laughs> Do you remember well, I wanted to submit, but and my dad looked at the legal, and you, were, you had to be 18 years or older to put oh. submit it. I was like, dad, then you write it and you put it in. Mm -hmm. you know, it was 12, I was so mad, you know, but 
<clears throat> but yeah, you know, and it's funny too because in the fandom, like you and I, like we know a lot of other diehard fans. And so like I'll look through this book and I'll look at the names and I'll be like, I know that person, I know this person, I know that person. And so that's kind of that's kind of cool, you know. Yeah. Uh, but you know, to conclude this, you know, it's really nice to kind of just go back in time, look at the first 20 years. You know, obviously there's probably five times as many outtakes as this. And then, you know, we still have another 20 years mm-hmm. worth of demos and outtakes. So when they do release the next box set, I hope it's 10 times the size of this. Like I want it to be, and I will buy it if it's a, you know, I'll buy it. I want it to be like a massive, you know, road case filled with yeah. discs, and DVDs and stuff like that. I, I, I would love to have one of those like type road case type things. I'll be all over it. Um, I do want to make note of the fact that, of course, this was released once they had hit 100,000 sales. Oh, yeah. But the suits, the gold suits that they're wearing all over, um, this it was actually kind of a spinoff on an Elvis Presley album that was the 50 million yep. Elvis fans can't be wrong. They're wearing the same types of suits just to pay homage to that. When yep. I went to go see Bon Jovi uh, in Las Vegas in 2006, um, I took a tour around the Hard Rock Hotel and in their foyer, in one of the doors coming in, in a huge glass display, were the four suits that were in this, on this and, cover. And then they kind of like, those suits kind of like disappeared for a while. They went into like the archives. I think they were in John's Red Bank home. But in the last two, three years, they've been going to different hard rocks and different, you know, they went to the Rock Rock Hall of Fame for a while. So they, they've been going around. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned about the, uh, you mentioned about the album cover. I f- totally forgot about that. So. Yeah, I thought it was a unique touch and we all know what a big Elvis fan John is. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So it was like a nice homage to uh, Elvis and uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's great. You know, mm-hmm. the, you know what's so funny though, just to conclude, when I told you I went to go get this, I remember it was like sixty, seventy dollars, and for a twelve-year-old kid, that's a lot of that's a lot of Christmas money, or yep. birthday money, and <laughs> but now like I'll go to like a um, like music stores. What are those? <laughs> I'll, I'll go to a music store and uh, I'll see these on sale for like five bucks. Are you serious? Yeah, I see them all the time. Like we have that's a, a store terrible. Here. We have a store here in Erie called The Exchange. And uh, it's like a, you can buy music, movies, video game stuff. And I always see these and they, they sell for like five, ten bucks. I'm Are like, they used? Yeah. Okay. But, but they all they all look like I looked at the condition of them because I remember there was a, a friend that wanted to get this. So I was going to get it for them. And uh, it looked brand new. And so, yeah. I think some people are just like, you know, wishy-washy fans or, you know, it doesn't mean as much to them as it would mean to a diehard yeah. like you or myself. So yeah. this, to me, this is something that I'll never let go of. It's very important to me, you know, like, but for some, not so much, right? Yeah. Maybe they got it. They tried it. They're like, eh, I'm over it. Yeah. Well, you know, one last thing too. I keep saying that. I, I keep adding stuff. Um, the concert that they did in Atlantic City for this. Mm. You know, so, so it's kind of neat to see some of these songs. I wish I could have been at the actual show, but it's nice that we have YouTube videos. And yeah. there's even some on the Have a Nice Day dual disc DVD uh, performances of this. So it's kind of nice to see some of the songs played live. Because I think since then, the only songs that we've gotten live um, 
John did rich man, lived in a poor man's house, once at a road trip, didn't know the words. We've gotten Garage Land Live a couple times. We've oh. gotten um, uh, Radio Save My Life Tonight. Yeah. So, yeah, but the, the, I wish they kind of would have done like a mini tour with that, you know, kind of like a, This Left Feels Right and Box Set tour. But at the same time, too, they were also writing and recording for Have a Nice Day. And so it was a very busy time. They were very active in, at that moment. Yeah. I know. It was a very, you know, for me, I was just talking about this on Twitter with someone else. I, you know, from 2000 to 2011, it seemed like every time you looked around, there was always something new the band was doing, whether it was an album, compilation, tour, yeah. TV. They were always doing something, you know? So. Mm-hmm. But for the last 10 years, they've kind of started to slow down. But that's another topic. I think I think once uh, It's My Life and Crush blew up the way it did, it kind of set new uh, yeah, new excitement for them, you know? Yeah, because you got Crush in 2000, 1901, Bounce in 02, and the list goes on. So they were always just, you know, I mean, they, it was just a fun, you know, I became a fan of 2000, so it was neat to have something every year and mm. – yeah. Well, anyway, I want to thank you for coming on. Stay on while I end the recording, but I want to thank you for coming on. And Thanks for uh, having me. Can I abs- can I plug my podcast? Oh, yeah. Plug your podcast. <laughs> Which, no I, I, think I, I think I'm on one of those, aren't I? You are on an episode. Yes, we were discussing one of the albums. Was it Keep the... Like, no, it wasn't Keep the Faith. Blaze of Glory. Blaze of Glory. The soundtrack. Yeah. Sorry, so plug your show in. Yeah, so if you want to uh, check out my podcast, I talk and interview with people who are really big musicians in the 90s, had huge successful careers. We also talk about some of the musicians with friends and um, just enjoy, like we've had Naughty by Nature, Mr. Big, um, big Canadian stars like Biff Naked and Alana Miles on the show. So it's been fantastic. And the show is called Dope Nostalgia. You can get all the links for it at dopenostalgia.com and it has a YouTube channel too. So there you go. I've listened to Thanks for letting me plug it. <laughs> absolutely. I've listened to a few episodes too, and it's actually really good. I actually just wa- uh, who was it? It was like two weeks ago. Um, who'd you have on two weeks ago? Ooh, that's hard to say. I'll have to, let me see. Let me see. That's okay. It was somebody. Deep Blue Something. Breakfast no. at Tiffany's. Breakfast at Tiffany's. That's I, I listened to that one like, and yeah. I learned so much from that band and 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 the the song even and so the, yeah so people yeah you know, Toby Pipes the singer they're, actually, they're really good interviews so but, yeah so yeah we get to know some of the stories of the big hits that came out in the '90s and find out what those bands are doing today it's awesome yeah. all right thank Good you for coming on stay on I'm gonna end the recording here okay.